Hey, Yankees fans, it's Aaron Boone. Catch me every Thursday at 4 on The Michael K Show. WEPN-FM, New York. A good karma brand's radio station. Is SportsCenter. I'm Steve Lennox. Three NBA playoff games on the schedule tonight. Two on ESPN television, including the Heat and Hawks underway shortly for Game 3 in Atlanta. Miami right now, two games to none lead in the series. Later tonight on ESPN television, the West top seed, the Phoenix Suns, on the road in New Orleans for Game 3 against the Pelicans. Series even at a game apiece. Suns again without Devin Booker, who suffered a grade 1 hamstring in Game 2 on Tuesday. ESPN NBA reporter Andrew Lopez on what C.J. McCollum has brought to the Pelicans. This was what they needed. This is why they went out and made that trade at the deadline. And, you know, maybe if the play-in tournament isn't a thing, they don't make that trade because they were so far back. But CJ has been key in this turnaround. Andrew Lopez earlier on ESPN Radio. Pelicans, Brandon Ingram, 37 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists in Game 2. A victory Tuesday night in Phoenix for the Pelicans. Bulls and Bucks tip at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time tonight on ABC TV. That game even at a game apiece with Game 3 tonight in Chicago. Sixers can close out their first round playoff series with a sweep against the Raptors on Saturday. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne reporting Joel Embiid expects to play in Game 4, but right now Embiid dealing with significant pain and discomfort in his right thumb. Embiid could undergo an MRI to determine whether or not or how much ligament damage there is. Hornets have fired head coach James Borrego after four seasons. Veteran safety Earl Thomas was not played in the league since 2019, looking to play in the NFL next season. Tigers' Miguel Cabrera will have to wait at least one more day to try to reach 3,000 career hits. Rockies' Tigers rained out in Detroit. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Debo Samuel wants a trade. How aggressive should the Jets be? Better be aggressive. You got a couple first-round picks I need to see. I know you're not going to give me the four, but give me the team. Get more from the guys Monday morning at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Special early edition of ESPN New York Tonight to get your weekend started. Gordon and I have a lot to talk about. We're here till 10. Let's go to work. You can join us at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM along with the coach. Anthony Pusick, on loan from the K-Show, and Tom Bauer, I'm calling him TB11, not like that other guy, TB12. We're here until 10 o'clock. Then it's Weekend Wager starring Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Hey, Gordon Damer. Larry, how we feeling, my man? Oh, outstanding. Outstanding. How are you, my friend? Ah, uh, well, I got the, the prime video up. It's Happy up. Too. It's running. Whether yes. or not the Yankee offense will be up and running tonight. They, they did a little montage for the pregame, and it showed all the Yankees scoring runs and hitting home runs. I'm thinking to myself, oh, from, this, from this, last this year? must have been from last year. Yes, <laughs> what this, this is year? not. Yeah, I haven't seen any of that this year. But who knows? Today's a new day. So maybe tonight's Absolutely. the night they break out. And if it was, it was, if it's from this year, it's a short montage. Yes, fair. No, it was a lot of home runs, so it definitely oh, it was wasn't not from this, this year. year. It was a lot of judge home runs, too, so it was oh, definitely no. not from this year. Absolutely not. I am uh, a little curious to hear the trio of K uh, Beltran, or, or as uh, I like to call them, Carlos Beltran, and uh, David Cohn. So I'm, I'm going to be, you know, during the commercials, I'm going to be peeking in and listening to them. I'm, I'm very interested to hear that trio uh, call the game tonight. Yeah, I mean, it, it, in terms of the, the video feed so far, it looks exactly like a Yes game. Just it on my iPad instead of yeah. on the TV, and it's got a little Prime video logo up in the upper right-hand yeah. corner. I'm still a little upset that uh, Jeff Bezos has not decided to just open the wallet and get the Sunday ticket so I don't have to get Apple TV. So maybe I'm a little biased so far, but we'll see. We'll see how the broadcast goes tonight. Well, I expect the broadcast to be outstanding because, yeah, uh, you know, they're not Apple TV. Well, that, that <laughs> seems like that, it seems like uh, uh, Amazon definitely got one thing right that Apple apparently did not. Although I didn't hear any complaint, they had they had more games last week, so maybe they fixed all their. I don't have Apple TV, so maybe they mm-hmm. fixed all their issues in a week. Who knows? Yeah, I don't have it either. So, Gordon, we'll talk a little baseball. Obviously, we'll keep people advised as to what's going on with the Yankees and uh, the Guardians uh, up at the stadium, and the Mets are continuing. They're on the road in Arizona. Arizona looking for revenge. Mets looking to keep rolling, and this time going on the road. And Gordon, listen, uh, and they started 940. 
As a Met fan, you can't be happier with the way the the season has started. No DeGrom, you were concerned about that. You were wondering what was going to happen, who was going to pick up the slack. Now, to be honest, they're used to not having him. (laughs) He's been out so much. They're kind of used to it. But you still wondered who who was going to pick up the slack. And they've been fortunate. Miguel has been outstanding pitching for him. Uh, Peterson has done a nice job for Walker. And, you know, listen, Max Scherzer last time was Max Scherzer. So... At this point, and Cookie Carrasco yesterday was vintage Carrasco back to Cleveland. So as a Met fan, I'm just, I'm rolling along, Gordon, taking it day by day, because as an experienced Met fan, it is so early. I know how things can change. Well, the question you said about who's going to pick up the slack, I think so far it's been everybody, right? I mean, there really hasn't been a day that goes by that somebody is not contributing in some way. Lindor's been fantastic. Alonzo's had big games. Marte's had his presence felt. Canna has done things. Um, I mean, just about every guy that they picked up in the offseason has done something. The pitching has been outstanding. The defense has been good. So, so far it's been nothing but smiles for for the Mets. It has been. And all, and you know what? The guys that they brought in have played well, which is yeah. Gordon, it's unusual. Normally, somebody that you bring in new is off to a slow start or something like that. That's not been the case. Marte's been good. Connor's been good. Uh, you know, everybody's been good. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. Yeah, you know, and rightfully, I maybe the biggest one is the guy that you actually got last year, who's playing like the guy who you thought you were getting last year, and Lindor. that of course is Lindor. Yeah, he's been yeah. he's been sensational. He has really. He has. So once again, we'll talk a little baseball before we leave you tonight. But Gordon, we're going to start with some football. At 8 o'clock, we'll be joined by Christian Winfield. He covers the Brooklyn Nets for the Daily News. Boy, are they in the news today, Gordon. Well, for all those people who always complain, you know, the Nets don't get the coverage. They don't get the attention the Knicks do. That has certainly not been the case here the last 48. No, it's not the the, the attention you generally want if you're a Nets fan, but (laughs) you've gotten the attention. You've gotten the attention, so we'll find out uh, will the real Ben Simmons play in Game 4 or not. And it's funny because I had Christian on this weekend, this past weekend, Gordon, and he said as he was watching you know, him work out and shoot around before games that you could tell that he was doing some things and dunking and where you got the feeling that he might have the opportunity to help the Nets out and come early. Now, listen. I don't understand why four instead of three. Maybe Christian can explain that. So we'll do. We'll talk to him at eight o'clock. But we start with some football. And Gordon, I was all ready to talk a little bit about Joe Douglas, his his uh, comments on the K show that preceded us here on ninety eight seven ESPN. But then the coach Anthony Pusick sent us a link that Kadarius Tony is being talked about to be moved. Gordon, this and you and I were talking about this just the other day about, yeah, we know it's voluntary workouts and everything, voluntary. Everybody, even Joe Douglas mentioned when talking about Makai Becton, it's voluntary. But sometimes, even though it's voluntary, it's a really good idea if you show up. For Kadarius Tony, after the injuries and the other things that happened last season, it would have been a really good idea if he showed up. Now he may be showing up somewhere else. Yeah, well, I mean, you always kind of wonder when a new regime comes in, how are they going to react to the first bit of adversity? I don't know that this is necessarily adversity, but it's something that they don't want, right? They'd prefer that he be there, especially after the season that he had last year. And if these reports are true, well, then you find out how they're going to deal with it. I mean, this is a guy who was a first-round pick last year who flashed every kind of potential that you could flash in that game against the Cowboys, wasn't able to, to really do much else the rest of the season because of injuries and different things. But uh, if this is the way they're going to go now, I'm a little, I'm not saying that the report's not true, but it just, Mm -hmm. I'm a little leery because I've heard a lot about the giants. Oh, they're going to do this. You know, they're going to cut $40 million in cap space. Oh, there's the potential. They could trade Saquon Barkley. Uh, James Bradbury is going to be dealt. They'll save some cap space that way. And they've not been able to do any of those things. So it makes me wonder if this is just them floating this out there as a way to, to get to Kadarius Tony's camp. Like, hey, dude, shape up. Otherwise, you're going to be shipped out or whether or not this is a real thing. It is lying season, right? We're less than a yes. week away from the NFL draft. So you never know what is true and what is not. Yes. The best lies in the National Football League are going to be told over the next seven days. Absolutely. It's not even close. It's not even close. And uh, But I will say this. It leads you to believe that they're not happy, even if they're just floating. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, how could they be? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a new regime, new coach. He had a a bad year. He was a first round pick. This is your chance for 
to to make a first impression. And even the, even Kenny Galladay kind of hinted at it. Even yeah. his own teammate was saying this is a guy that should be here. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how they handle this. As far as the Jets are concerned, well, uh, Gordon, we'll hear from Joe Douglas in a minute. It's it's really an interesting situation because clearly. Their main goal, obviously, is to improve the team. That's clear. But their their ultimate goal is to see if there's any way they can make the second year for their second-year quarterback, Zach Wilson, a little easier than the first year was because the first year was a struggle. The first half was awful. After he got the injury and came back, you could see that sitting on the bench helped him, watching uh, you know Mike White and Joe Flacco play, gave him a little understanding as to what was going on out there and to see some of the adjustments and he didn't have as many turnovers, thank goodness, as he did before the injury. So uh, two things come to mind. A, well, three things, actually. A, he obviously wasn't as prepared as they thought he was prepared to play in the National Football League. B, he really, really could have used a veteran quarterback in camp like everybody was saying. And C, uh, he found out that, you know, you could run in college away from a lot of defensive linemen. You don't escape them in the National Football League is easy. No, you have to be much more of a dynamic runner. Now, he has some wheels. He has some mobility, but he's not the type of guy that's going to be able to outrun the trouble uh, like certain other guys are going to be able to do. Uh, look, it's, it's a fascinating thing coming into year two to see just what strides. Because sometimes you see at the end of seasons in baseball and football, Sometimes we get all worked up about, hey, look at the strides this guy made over the last few games of the season. That's gonna, he's going to pick up right where he left off last year, and that generally is not the case. Now, mm-hmm. football's a little different because there's so few games, and he was a rookie, so maybe there's that potential that now the game is slowed down for him. Right. But that is a, that's the number one story. With all the different things going on with the Jets, the number one storyline is just how, how much of Zach Wilson's growth and development actually took place last year and how ready is he coming into year two. Because coming into year one, it was clear, as you said, he was not ready. He was no. not ready to be a starting quarterback week Mm-mm. one last year. Mm-mm. And the scary thing is, how could you not know? Yeah, I mean, you little... worked him out. How could you mm-hmm. not know? That was your guy. Yeah. I mean, you, you you knew everybody knew you were taking them. <laughs> it wasn't a secret. Everybody knew that's who you're going to take in the draft with with, with your number with with your number two pick. Was you were taking Zach Wilson? So it really is kind of strange that he just didn't look you know that good, uh, and you didn't expect it. And see, after working them out, Gordon, you should have really understood. Hey, maybe we should have. Maybe you should have a veteran backup in here, and then what you do is the same veteran backup you had last season. You had to get a draft choice to bring him in. Yeah, that's not good. No, that's not good planning, is it? No, not at all. Not the best. Not the best. But look, that's in that's in the rear view. The Jets Mm -hmm. are telling us that that Zach is going to be far better in year two than he was in year one. They have all the the possibilities of of these draft picks that they have. There's players that they could trade for, and it doesn't seem like Vegas is really buying into the Jets. As I mentioned before, their over under for the season is five and a half. If the Jets only win five games this upcoming season. Who boy, no, you, you cannot, you cannot, you know, it's progress to go from two to four to five, but that's not fast enough progress. If you're Joe Douglas, if you're the New York Jets, it will be interesting to see too, Gordon, what the schedule will look like. And if, all right, so here's a hypothetical. Let me give you a hypothetical. W- would five games be manageable to you if, they're in a bunch of games, but they just lose to teams that are better than they are. I'd have to see how it went, but just off the top of my head, five, I mean, five and 12? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're picking in the top 10 picks of the draft every single year. You've mm-hmm. got your quarterback. If you, you either already have your left tackle, or if you don't have your left tackle, you can get your left tackle this year. You should be able to get a pass rusher this year. You've spent money. You've brought in guys. You've drafted guys. You've hit on picks. At some point, it got to—it's got to start translating into wins, man. I mean, yes. I, I don't see, it would be hard. Like again, is it impossible that they could be losing these games? But then that's just going to open up other questions. Like, why are they losing these games? Mm-hmm. Is it a coaching issue? Is it a, a defense issue? Is it—is it that they're not scoring enough points in the other parts of the game that other teams are allowed to hang around? So you kind of have to see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's any scenario if the Jets win five games this upcoming season that people aren't going to be losing their minds. All right. Are they better than Miami? 
The Jet the Jets? Yes. No. Okay. Are they better no. than Buffalo? No. All right, so that's four losses right there. Yeah. I mean, I mean look, I'm not telling you that. Oh, look, they could, they could they could split. They, they will likely well, split against play. Miami. They will likely split against Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, in the Until division, pretty- would it shock me if they lost four I mean, games in the division between the the three no. teams? No, it wouldn't. No. Uh-uh. And, and split and and I guess I guess you know who they've gotten the draft to cover Tariq Hill. <laughs> Well, it doesn't seem. It seems from everybody they're not drafting Sauce Gardner. They don't. Yeah. They don't really value that. They'll they'll find cornerbacks at other spots. They'll find safeties at other spots. We've seen that they don't really value safeties in the past. So they got to get a pass rusher though. That that would help. That would help. Not not, not even a doubt. This is ESPN New York tonight on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Christian okay. Winfield said something that really surprised me when he said that it's not really a home court advantage for the Nets in Brooklyn? That when other teams come in, they almost take over the building? Gordon, I was very surprised at that. Very surprised to hear that. Uh, I'm not, I got to be honest, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Um, yeah, I mean, they I, look, they are much more of a national story than they are a local team. There's never, outside of when they had the announcement that Kyrie and, and KD, um, I, I mean, it, they just have not broken through. There, there's such a, and look, there are fans out there. I'm not telling those fans, that, you know, like what you want, like what you, mm-hmm. you know, you do you, but they've never really broken through because the majority of basketball fans in this town, I mean, it's so overwhelming, you know, with Jets and Giants, it's pretty much, it's not 50, 50, but so I think it's always going to be more Giants, but it, it's closer to 50, 50. Mm-hmm. Yankees Mets it kind of depends on who runs the town right with the NBA uh, it's it's overwhelming so yeah. it that does not really surprise me that that the Nets are not able to uh, have a home court advantage because and they've been there for a while now it's not like they just got there last year I know I know it's true they've been there a long time <laughs> I, I did some math in the break Larry okay in 227 at bats as a Yankee Joey Gallo has struck out 105 times. That is a strikeout rate. Yeah, 46 percent. He should be traded, by the way. Six percent. Once again, I'm going to sound like uh, the great Jim Cott on the Michael K show. Gordon, when I was, you couldn't play in the major leagues hitting that. You'd be in the you'd be in the minors. They would send you down hitting with that average. He's you at, had at he's least one twenty eight, and his slugging is at one twenty eight. You have to at least be hitting over the Mendoza line. I yeah. mean, he's not even two hundred. No, oh, and I, and again, this seems like almost like Sonny Gray, a guy who can't do it in the bright lights. That's bad scouting on the Yankees' part to not yeah. realize that this guy can't handle New York. That's what it seems like. Maybe I'm wrong. But that certainly seems like this guy just cannot handle the bright lights of New York, much like Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray was good before he got here. Yeah. He's been okay since he left. But he got here, he was terrible. Certain guys are like that sometimes, and it certainly seems like Joey Gallo. uh, Hopefully it turns around here sometime soon. And it's not like you're asking him to be your number one run producer here. You've got other people who do that. You've got Judge, you've got Stanton. It's not like like he's your number, he's your your big-time cleanup hitter. He's batting eighth. <laughs> oh, Should be gosh. batting ninth. Yeah. Shouldn't be playing. Why yeah, he like when we're again? resting guys, some guys need more rest than others. Joey. No question about it. He, he, needs, he needs a break. He definitely does. We talk about resting players in baseball. We got to keep them healthy. Aaron Boone was on the K show today and, and kind of walked it through why the Yankees rest guys as much as they do. Got a little attitude about it, too. He did. He did. Well, look, <laughs> you know what? I, I got to give it to Aaron Boone. I, I, I'm not a huge fan, but. Think about the amount of times that dude has to answer the same questions yeah. all the time. It's true. And it's not like they don't have success. Like, it would be one thing if the Yankees had no success. Now, they haven't had the ultimate success. Mm-hmm. But they were able to keep both Judge and Stanton healthy last year. So, And you know what would happen. If they played Judge and Stanton a lot and one of those guys got hurt, what would be the criticism? You know these guys are brittle. You know these yeah. guys are frail. Why what did you, you play them 15 games in a row and they'd be killing them for that? It's all about performance. Yeah. At the it end is. Of the day. It's the bottom line. And if they were winning, nobody would care that they were No one would care. Oh, he's off today? Ah, no big deal. We'll win another we'll one. We'll win anyway. We don't need him. Anthony's in Hawthorne. Hey, Anthony, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Anthony. Uh, 
So I know it's uh, it's off topic uh, from what you guys have been talking about, but I don't get I don't get to call in too often, and I really wanted to get your guys' take mm-hmm. um, with Debo Samuel. Uh, I'm a Ravens fan. Uh, do you think that that the Ravens should pursue him, and do you think he would be a good fit uh, schematically? Uh, just because I've been screaming at the top of my lungs for them for the past couple years to go get like a you know a true number one wide receiver, not draft one in the first round, but actually like go out and get one like the Bills did with Stephon Diggs. Um, just because I think it would help Lamar Jackson tremendously, uh, especially with his contract coming up. But uh, I just wanted to get your guys' take on that. Thanks for taking my call. All right, Anthony, thanks for the phone call. Yeah. <laughs> he would help anybody. You could have left out Ravens. <laughs> exactly. You could have went with any team you wanted there, and I think I would have said, yep, uh, he would fit just about anywhere. I mean, the dude is tough. He's versatile. You know, the only question I would have, Larry, about mm-hmm. him is you've heard two things. A, he doesn't like being this multi-purpose kind of role, right. and he wants to get paid sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Would yeah. the second thing solve the first thing, or does he still not want to do the multiple stuff? Because if he doesn't want to do the multiple stuff, that might make me, you know, in terms of the price tag overall, that might make take a, a second look. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, he's still an unbelievable player, but the, the, the strength of him is his versatility. So would the, and I can understand why he would be leery of doing the multiple things, kick returns, injury, because he's worried about getting paid down the road. But if I pay you now... Will you still be willing to do those things now? Yes. It's about the money. I think so. It's about the money. It's about the money. And he understood that. And he probably didn't want to do that in Frisco. But, you know, considering who the quarterback was, he had to. Oh, man. That dude, that dude is made of titanium. He is like a superhero bouncing off guys. I mean, guys have him dead to rights. Yeah. And he's not, he's not a big deal. You know, he DK isn't. Metcalf, you say guys bounce off him. All right, I understand. He's not that big a guy, and people were just bouncing off of him left and right. Absolutely. Do, could you imagine him with Mark Andrews, who was just— Oh, I mean, <laughs> what, what team would not want that dude? And, would like, a toughness of an Mark attitude. Whew. I mean, oh. I mean, Andrews is their number one receiver anyway. He's the tight end, world wide receiver, whatever. He's their number one receiver anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So you you bring Debo Samuel in? Mark Andrews would be even Mark Andrews would have even more catches because you'd have to double Debo. Yeah, and I think the Ravens are at fourteen or fifteen or sixteen, somewhere in the middle of the first round. So if I'm willing to give up ten for the Jets, I certainly would be willing to give up fifteen for the Ravens. Oh, there's no question about it. Shant is in, is on Long Island. Is that did I say that right, Shant? You did. Hi, hello. Hey, Shant. Yeah. Hey, Sean, what's up? Hey, yeah, you see, you said that right. Um, I was calling, uh, I wanted to talk about football like the last caller. So I, I'm a Jets fan, and um, Debo Samuel, he's he's been on my mind a lot. He's like uh, many other people. He's one of my favorite receivers. But I think the Jets need, they, they need like a, a big red zone target uh, wide receiver type. So I, I, I would prefer uh, DK Metcalf, but I mean, you're really like uh, splitting hairs over here. Because what, what I would like about Debo is like you were talking before about the multi-purpose role, and I think that would be a great compliment to Michael Carter because he's, listen, our run game for the uh, the linemen that we had this past year, it, you can't complain much. They weren't really given much to work with. But now, I mean, we've revamped uh, the O line a lot. And uh, if you could get my, if you could get Debo for the multi-purpose, uh, I'm wondering who you would take between the two, given that uh, what I said about DK being a more of a bigger red zone target presence, which would be great for Zach Wilson. So, uh, thank you for taking my call. All right, Sean, thanks for the phone call. For me, Gordon, I would – I think I would go Debo Samuel and I would worry about my tight ends in the red zone. Or or I would – listen, I don't have to get to the red zone to throw in the end zone. <laughs> I can come outside the red zone because, to be honest, the, the, the real estate gets so constricted when you get in the red zone your defense has less area to cover. That there's more things that you can do defensively to to you know cover receivers. So I would rather if I have to do something like that for me, I would take a Bill Samuel with his you know his versatility a, and then I've got tight ends who can get me into the into the end zone if I need to. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like choosing between two beautiful ladies. It's like choosing between, uh, do you want a, a steak or do you want a pizza? I, I like both. <laughs> I'll have either one. If I can have either one, that would be great. Um, uh, to me, I just look at how the NFL has kind of uh, evolved and that versatility to me, if I can get that. You know, how, like they talk about positional, positionless basketball, positionless mm-hmm. football. Uh, that guy's just a weapon. That guy's just somebody that you can put in a variety of roles in Debo Samuel, more so than uh, DK Metcalf, who's, right. who's good too. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't really want it good. to be like I'm talking down him, but I think that you can get uh, the, 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 the way it lines up for the Jets with Samuel to me makes sense because you got the coach who's from San Francisco, you got the offensive coordinator who runs the same kind of system. They should know him from their time in San Francisco. So to me, that one, and you have money. This is the benefit of having the quarterback on the rookie deal. You can pay one of these big weapons, big time money, and find out about the quarterback in the process. So to me, it just makes all the sense of the world that Debo Samuel and the Jets should uh, figure out a way to make that happen. It's perfection. Mm. It, it fits all your needs. Everything it answers all the questions. It gives you what you want. It gives you a, a big time receiver, a veteran receiver for your, for your quarterback. It gives you sizzle for your offense, which has been sizzle-less for a long time. And plus, you get to find out just how good your quarterback really is. And you just brought in two tight ends, and they will all, all those, those three receivers will help your running game. So it just, it makes perfect sense. It's just a matter of Joe Douglas and the Jets trying to get this done because it would be, it, it's just what they need. It's just what they need. Absolutely. They need a veteran receiver. Yep, and and somebody the other guys can kind of learn from. You got a lot of youth sure. on this team. You've hit on a lot of draft picks. You got a lot of young guys, and here's a guy who's not that old mm-hmm. that you can now bring into the mix and kind of show the way. Yeah, Especially absolutely. with the, the attitude that he has of toughness and and just um, again, I was very impressed with him this past season. Yeah, and rightfully so. Rightfully and so. Rightfully so. This is ESPN New York tonight on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Aaron Boone today said something very interesting. Now, you know, if you listen to the Michael K show, Aaron Boone is there every, usually every Thursday, but because it was a day game yesterday, he got moved to Friday. So he was on today. And one of the big questions that he always has to answer is about the rotating lineup. Who's, who gets the day off today? And one of the, of course, Michael and Don and Peter opened the questioning up to their Twitter audience at TMKS at yes.com. And, and, on Twitter, rather. And somebody asked a question about, guess what? Days off. Aaron Boone, uh, a little tired of hearing this. Check this out. From Sebastian H. He said, Boone says guys need to get into routine beginning of season. How do they get into routine when the lineup changes every day? I mean, <laughs> you know how I feel about but I mean, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, Donaldson, Gal. I mean, they've all basically hit the same spot. Like, I mean, stop with that, honestly. I, no, I, I mean, just, but I think I, he meant I, with the rest. With, with resting. With the, well, I mean, these guys have one or, one or two games off in it. Michael and Sebastian H., we've, we had a three-week <laughs> spring training. Like, April is a month when guys get hurt typically in our game like to go from playing two and three games in a row in spring training where you're playing six seven and eight innings built up to going out and playing 12 games in a row or nine games in a row of three hour three and a half hour you know travel now mixed in like that's when people get hurt and especially when you have guys and in our case some guys that are more veteran players that have had a history like i'm gonna build them up so, Gordon, listen, that is one of the things that I think people really, when you talk about baseball fans, all-time baseball fans, it's one of the things that really disappoints them or surprises them or confounds them is how these days off these days off are decided. And I think previously it was always from the idea of, okay, if a guy's struggling, he needs a day. If a guy, you know, if a guy's hot, you would never take him out of the lineup because he's hot. And the confusing thing is that there's really no rhyme or reason. It's a decision that is made sometimes before the season starts. And they go through a calendar and say, well, we would have played X amount of games by this day. So this person will probably need a day off. Now, clearly, nobody's saying that the players need to play every day. Nobody's saying that players need to play 162 games a year. 
Nobody's saying that. But I think what it is, is, okay, you may have a planned day off for an Aaron Judge, for a Giancarlo Stanton. But if he's hot, can we move that day off to another day when it's okay to give him a day off? Why does it have to be today? Why does it have to be today? Perfect example, Gordon. Joey Gallo had what, two hits, three hits one day? Mm, I don't know about three, but maybe it was two. Two yeah. hits, two yeah. hits? Yeah. It was off the next day. Yep. <laughs> Very well, confusing. I, I, I look, I, I hear him in terms of the resting of players. Uh, the thing I, I guess I mostly disagree with, he said, you know, it's a three-week spring training. They'd be doing this anyway. This is yeah. what they do. They did this last year. It was a perfectly normal spring training last year. So this is just what they do. And he says about, well, you know, it's, it's a game here, it's a game there. We're only 13 games in. Of course it's only going to be a game here, a game there. But those games add up. Yep. Uh, and, and it's just the, the rigidness of it. As you said, like, oh, no, this guy has got to sit this day. Well, shouldn't there be some wiggle room there? Shouldn't there be? Shouldn't you look at, you know, like you base your opinions based on the facts at the given time. And as the facts change, your opinion should change with them. So if somebody has been struggling and they started to get a couple of games in a row where they're hot, maybe don't rest them then. Let them let them go until they have an 0 for 4. Or at least give them a little bit of, of run while they seem to be in a groove because you can believe whatever you want to believe, but players believe in hot. Mm-hmm. The, the yeah, management, the analytics staff, they might not believe. And, and if you believe it in your head, it's true. So I just it just seems so strange the rigidness of it. Now I get it. Like they are dealing with two guys who have had significant injuries that they have to keep healthy, otherwise the season is doomed in Judge and Stanton. So mm-hmm. I have no problem with guys getting more rest than usual. Um, last year they did basically the same thing, and they were able to keep those guys healthy. So good good on them. I just have a problem with like Aaron Judge needs the same amount of rest as, as Joey Gallo. Right. That doesn't make any sense. To exactly. Me. And like, why is Hicks not in the lineup? He's a day, Larry. He's exhausted. <laughs> He's exhausted. And that's the other thing. Like, they do all this resting of players. They got all these guys that get hurt all the time. I know. Still get hurt. Yeah. Doesn't Sometimes, help. you know, like, I, I remember talking um, with John Flaherty one time about, mm-hmm. like, pitchers and resting them and not throwing in too many in. He's like, you know what? Sometimes guys are just going to blow out. You know what I mean? Like, some guys are just going to get hurt. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. It's true. It is true. And... Talking about pitchers, they just Gordon. They just don't prepare them. You know, they baby them for such a long period of time. They, I, I don't know how you build up a pitcher to be able to go a long, a long amount of time innings wise, or to be able to multiply days or, or things of that nature. I don't know how you do because guys just don't. You know, they just don't. They, they're babied all the time. We Boy, are moving. Like we 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 are moving, Larry, to a stage of the game where you will come in and it will be a, it will be just eight different pitchers in the nine innings. Mm-hmm. Yep. You just have guys each pitch one inning. It's more difficult to go up against a variety of guys than necessarily one guy. And eventually, we're just going to move to a stage where every single inning is a different pitcher, yeah. and you'll just have thirteen men stay. You know, thirteen guys available for a game and. Uh, it just feels like the way it's going because it, it, it's so – I mean, these relievers, they throw so hard. Yes. Every guy comes out of the bullpen just, you know, like Michael King, right? He's had a really good start to the season. Mm-hmm. He, he's come – and I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say Michael King is a fireballer, but he just came in. He's thrown 97. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's like those Tampa Bay guys. Yep. In the future, we'll have uh, just relief pitchers pitching every inning and commercial breaks will be uh, filled with the boobange, as they say. <laughs> You're right. Get some bombers boobange at your local 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Whose picture will be on that? I, I'm not sure. And the games will be beamed directly to your head. Yeah, exactly. You won't, you won't even need an iPad. I remember back in the day, I would watch the games on my iPad. Dad, they're right, right. On the, right on your eyeballs now. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, that's perfect. I bet you'll see everything now. Right. Now, you'll have to pay $700 to have them beam to your eyeballs, but, you know, every little bit It'll helps. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. You know, it makes me happy. Makes me happy. Gordon, uh, there's been so much negativity about this Yankee team. What? Give me something positive about this team early that, 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 that has kind of surprised you a little bit. Well, I'll say this, and people will think I'm, you know, the rosy sunglasses. 
This is actually the best start they've ever had under an Aaron Boone team. Outside of the, the shortened season where they got off to a really good start and then faded down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they win tonight, I think they'll be eight and six. I don't think that they've ever been over 500 at this point of the season. Mm-hmm. Usually wow. it's, it's really sloppy early and there's a variety of things where it's defense, it's the bullpen will blow a game or two, starting pitching, offense one night, this thing, that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially the first year under Boone, they were really, really a ton of issues. Yeah. And then they got things kind of cleaned up, and they did win 100 games. And then the second mm-hmm. season, they won 103 and won the division. So I, I, know that, um, I know that people are set. And I do feel like Yankee fans want to be there's a portion of them that want to be miserable they want to be the ones who can say it's failed so that when it does it's like they're they've been burned too many times right they've loved mm-hmm. and they've lost so now they're the person who sits in the corner and and and, and jokes about love and jokes about man ah, it can never work and it's like they have to be the ones that just like everything's negative everything is the worst thing ever I mean, they went into play tonight a game out of first place, and they haven't hit at all. Now, if they don't hit, the Yankees are doomed. Right. Every team, if you don't score runs, you're kind of doomed. Yeah. So they have to score runs. They have not had a single If I told you the Yankees would go two weeks of the season and not have a single really signature Yankee kind of offensive game, what is their record? I think people would say, oh, they, they got two wins. They got three wins. They got four wins. Yeah. It's better than that. So, uh, look, I have questions about the offense, especially in big spots, but I don't think anybody had questions about the offense during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the, the offense, they'll hit enough home runs, they'll drive in enough runs. Now, when they get to the postseason, it's a different game, and the Joey right. Gallows and the home run or, or nothing approach, that's up for debate. Yeah. But I think that they'll score enough runs during the regular season that they should be all right. You know, really, other than Cole, I think your starting pitching's been oh, really good. It's been it's great. Been really good. It's been great. Severino's been outstanding. Sever, I mean, if Severino can be anything like this guy, if he can get back to where he was, uh, I, again, and, and, and you mentioned Cole, he's been bad so far. I mean, he had one just disastrous type performance and then two not Garrett Cole type performances, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. I was doing the numbers uh, a couple of nights ago. I didn't use them on the air. Do I still have them? Yeah, 2019, Justin Verlander, Start of the season, he, after three starts, his ERA was uh, almost four and a half. Mm-hmm. In 2019, the Cy Young that year in the National League was Jacob deGrom. His ERA was almost five after three starts and had just come off giving up six runs in four innings. Wow. There's a lot of baseball left to be played. Yeah, absolutely. And, and absolutely. you know, look, and, and I know with the Garrett Cole stuff, I have questions. I think a lot of people have questions about the sticky stuff. How does that impact yes. him? It, it yep. seems like even if it's just a narrative, it's in his head now. Uh, but he's still striking guys out. Mm-hmm. He still has velocity. Yeah, so I, think it's I don't know. Chapman's head too. I, I I absolutely think so. Yep, absolutely. I think it's in Chapman's head too because he's he's afraid to throw the fastball like he doesn't know where it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would be. I, I think I'd be if I was one of those batters. I'd say, you know what? Give him a little bit of the sticky. I don't want him to be <laughs> lathered up in it, but just a right. little bit so this thing is not coming at my bean. Yeah, exactly. I, I was laughing at yesterday's game because I saw Michael Pineda, uh, Pineda on the run. I was like, hey, right, where's, the, yeah. where's the pine tar, baby? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how glaring it was back in the day. The guy was just sticking it on his neck, like right out in full view. No, I just got it right here. I can't do that. Yeah. Is this wrong? Am I not allowed to do this? He's now he's now the portly right-hander, isn't he? He is, yeah. He's, he's, gotten, he's a big guy. He's a big he's, guy. He's a big fella. He's a big fella. This is ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, I had a Yankee fan say to me today, and we'll get to your game in a second. Mm-hmm. I had a Yankee fan say to me today that what bothers him most is not that Steve Cohen is the owner of the Mets. Mm-hmm. is not what the Mets have done in the offseason. Is not that the Mets have gotten off to a great start. It is that Buck Showalter is sitting in the Met dugout. Yeah, I get it. I, I can understand that. Um, that he'd rather have him, that he said he's been in the Yes Studios for two years. Yeah. Could you have gotten rid of, this is the same guy that's, that with you, Cash Boone. He said, could you have got rid of Cash Boone and give me Buck? And the answer well, is no. <laughs> I mean, in terms of baseball, uh, you're talking about one of the least popular managers 
that we've seen in New York in a very long time. It's crazy. And Aaron Boone, despite the success, because yeah. of the way he came in, it was supposed to be the move that puts the team over the top championships, not championship. And then you have Buck, who I think is probably the most popular manager. I mean, mm-hmm. at least of guys that are possibilities. Uh, you know, Joe Torrey's not coming back anytime soon. Nope. So, um, yeah, I can understand that. I mean, and, 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 and the nostalgia aspect of it, right? When the Yankees were young and they were coming up and it was Buck and it was... You know, all the young Yankees Bernie. at the time, Bernie coming mm-hmm. up and, and all the, the, you know, the, 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 the reemergence of the Yankee right. dynasty. Mm-hmm. So and, and the fact that he did not get to the mountaintop with that team always kind of makes you feel a little bit like there's something missing there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I wanted to share that with you and get your thoughts. Yeah, I can that. understand that. Sure. Yeah. All right. Hit me. Let's All right, here we go. Here. This is the game. It's called What I Learned on TikTok this week. Larry, I, as a 51-year-old man, spend way too much time on that TikTok app because it's just so addicting. Mm-hmm. You sit there, you say, I'll just sit there for five minutes. You, you look up, and it's an hour later. So <laughs> I learn things every single time that I, really? I go on that app. Huh. Interesting facts, and we've, we've spun it into a game called What I Learned on TikTok. So how it works, I'm going to give you four facts. One of them is something I actually learned on TikTok Three of them are completely made up. I've, I've just okay. completely fabricated them completely. Mm-hmm. So are you ready for your question? Now, you will get first dibs on this question. You will pick one of the four. You, if you get it wrong, we'll cross off that one, and then we'll go to either Anthony. Is Anthony up next? Yeah, that, that sounds okay. right. And then Tom? Then Tom. Tom Bats, Tom Bats third. He's the, he's the rookie on the, on the cast. Mm-hmm. All right, Larry, are you ready for what I learned on TikTok this week? Yes. All right, first fact. The Captain and Tennille. This is good that I gave you this one because the other two guys wouldn't know what the Captain and Tennille are. <laughs> the Captain and Tennille originally toured as Dragon and Tennille because the Captain's actual name is Daryl Dragon, but record executives felt that the name was just too aggressive. So they changed it to Captain and Tennille. That's the first fact. Second fact, Genghis Khan killed so many people that it actually lowered the Earth's temperature. Fact number three, the Boy Scouts were counted as part of the American military until 1986. Or number four, the Fellowship of the Ring, the Lord of the Rings book, Mm -hmm. is considered the most stolen book in the world. Those are your four facts. What did I learn on TikTok this week, Larry? I think you learned number three. Number three, which was Boy Scouts? Mm Mm-hmm. Boy Scouts were counted as part of the American military until 1986. Larry Hardesty, you are incorrect, my friend. All right, so Anthony, you want to go for it, or do you want a fresh question? Do you think you might have a feel for one of these three? I'm going to go for it, I think. Yeah, to recap, the three options that you have, the Captain and Tennille, originally toured as Dragon and Tennille because the Captain's actual name was Daryl Dragon, but record executives felt that the name was just too aggressive. So he built up this whole captain. He used to wear a little captain's hat and play the piano. Um, the Fellowship of the Ring is Sounds the like most... Sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 they were very good for a little while. The Fellowship of the Ring is considered the most stolen book in the world, or Genghis Khan killed so many people that it actually lowered the Earth's temperature. Yeah, I'm going to leave out the Lord of the Rings. I think that one is fake. I think okay. I'm going to go with the Genghis Khan killed so many people that it actually lowered the temperature of the Earth. Anthony. You are correct, my friend. Yes, very good. Yes, Genghis Khan killed so many people. Man, that guy was busy. He was. Killing a ton of people. Wow, that's a lot of people. Mm. Yes, indeed. All right. Next question. This one will go to Tom. Are you ready, Tom? I am sick, Gordon. All right. Here we go. In the state of North Carolina, if you rent a hotel room with your girlfriend or boyfriend, however you want, and you put down on the form that you use to, to rent the room that you're married... You are legally considered married in the state of North Carolina. That's your first fact. Number two, the actor who portrayed Hurley on the TV show Lost actually was switched at birth. Fact number three, the Lego headquarters has needed to be rebuilt three times because of shoddy construction. Or number four, according to the International Federation of Poker, socks do not count as an item of clothing during strip poker. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know what I kind of almost want to go with the Lego one because I feel like that would be ironic how you're yeah. building stuff and it always go down but I'm going to go with the poker one I've got a, poker I've got a good feeling about that one okay according to the International Federation of Poker socks do not count as an item of clothing during strip poker 
Tom, you, my friend, are wrong. Incorrect. So we're back to Larry now. Larry, you want another shot at it? I'll run him down again. State of North Carolina, you rent a room with your girlfriend, boyfriend. You put down you're married. You're legally married. Considered legally married in the state of North Carolina. The actor who played Hurley on the TV show, not our Hurley, but the, the actor who played Hurley, was actually switched at birth. And uh, the Lego headquarters has needed to be rebuilt three times because of shoddy construction. Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with number two. Number two, the actor who played Hurley. Yeah, we'll switch the birth. Larry, you, my friend, are incorrect. 0 for 2, Larry. <laughs> All right, so we're back to uh, Anthony. Anthony, you want to take another shot at it? you got a 50-50 chance here. State of North Carolina, you rent a room, girlfriend, boyfriend, you put down your marriage, you're legally married in the state of North Carolina, or the Lego headquarters has needed to be rebuilt three times due to poor construction. I'll go with the North Carolina one. Let's go with that. Anthony is going to get banned from the game. He's now 2-0. and oh. Yes, hey. in the state of North Carolina, if you rent a hotel room with your girlfriend slash boyfriend and you put down you're married on the form, you are considered legally married in North Carolina. So who are you two down? Tom? Tom gets this next shot? Yep, that's right. All right, Tom is up next. All right, Tom, here we go. Ready? All set. These, these four, if you get this one, this is, this is complete guesswork. Number one, female tears actually contain a chemical that lowers men's testosterone. That's number one. Number two, during the breeding season, female cockroaches smell like pineapple. Emeril Lagasse, number three, Emeril Lagasse, the famous um, chef, celebrity chef, refuses to use a spatula. And number four, I believe it's Sun Z's Art of War, the book Art of War, was actually a sequel. The first book was lost forever. Interesting. Yes. Female tears contain a chemical that lowers men's testosterone. During the breeding season, female cockroaches smell like pineapple. Emerald Lagasse refuses to use a spatula or Sun Z's. I think it's Sun Z's Art of War is a sequel. The first book was lost in time forever. <sighs> you know, I think we have to go with the third one again. I see a lot of like cooking uh, content right? on TikTok. And yes, I feel there like is that a lot of big, there. big on TikTok cooking dogs. There's a lot of different uh, parts of TikTok that if you find yourself on that side of things, it's very enlightening. Emerald Lagasse refuses to use a spatula. Tom. Sorry, you're incorrect, Tom. Lagasse does use a spatula. Uh, So it's now to Larry, right? Yeah. All right, Larry. Female tears contain a chemical that lowers men's testosterone. God, I hope not. Female female cockroaches (laughs) smell like pineapple during the breeding season. Oh, jeez. Or the art of war. I mean, who could ever find that out? Uh, The art of war is a sequel. The first book was lost in time forever. Good, and I've already lost two. Yeah, you're owing two, Larry. What's the lose more? You know. Yeah, you know, it's only a game. It is only a game. These are impossible things to know. Who would know if, it, if these were you. easy things to know? <laughs> no, I only know them because I'm on TikTok. <laughs> Let's go with the Art of War. The Art of War is a sequel. The first book was lost forever. Larry is now zero three. This is not a good round. I might be causing problems now on our own show. Now, Larry is zero three. So now we have to go to Anthony, who's ruining the whole fun. Uh, Anthony, female tears contain a chemical that lowers men's testosterone or during the breeding season, female cockroaches smell like pineapple. Well, let's say the last one was easy because it was a 50-50 shot. So yeah, now again, I'm more impressed with my first one than this one or, okay. or the last one. Uh, I'll go with the cockroaches. Why not? The cockroaches. Yeah, during well, the breeding season, a female right. cockroaches smell like pineapple. Anthony, I mean, you're amazing. But you're wrong. No, female tears actually contain a uh, chemical. Oh. Uh. That lowers the men's That's testosterone. That's painful. That's why you have to stay away from those tears, Larry. You know, you know it as well as I do. You do anything to avoid those tears. Yes, Lord. And now you know that you're powerless to... It's not just something in your own mind. No, it's, it's chemical. Yeah. All right, so who's up Absolutely. now? Uh, is, it, is it back to Larry? See, Larry's in a bad no, spot. Why don't we start with... Uh, was it Tom? Yeah, Tom's yeah, Tom. been in a bad spot, too, because he it always ends with Anthony me. has just kind of fallen in the right spot to, yeah. to have these narrowed down. Uh, all right, Tom, you ready? Let's do it. All right. The at symbol, you know, the A with the circle around it, mm-hmm. that symbol was invented by Charles de Gaulle, the French, I think he was a prime minister. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, the Where's Wally books are used as an entrance exam or part of the entry exam for MI6 in Britain. Wally Zerbiak? 
No, no, oh, not, okay. not that Wally. The guy with the striped shirt and the hat. Waldo. Uh, yeah. Where? Yeah. Where's Waldo? Excuse me. I'm, I'm delirious here. Um, yes. Where's Waldo? Right. Why am I saying Wally? I don't know. Now I where's think it's Wally Zerbiak. I, I think it's Wally Zerbiak. It might be. He's he's really missing out on a, 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 a an area he could really capitalize on. Number three, ketchup was originally sold as medicine. Or number four, the founders of Johnson and Johnson, the the original guys, the founders of Johnson and Johnson, were not related. I think I've heard about the Johnson Johnson one before and that they're unrelated. So based on hopefully correct previous conversations that I've had with people, I'm going to go with Johnson and Johnson. Tom, you have to talk to better people. No, the founders of Johnson Johnson were absolutely <laughs> related. Yes, well, that's, that is incorrect. That oh, I did not boy. learn on TikTok. We're back to Larry. Yes. All right, Larry. The at the uh, at symbol, the A with the circle around it, invented by Charles de Gaulle. The Where's mm-hmm. Waldo books are uh, used as entry exams for MI say as part of the entry. It's not the whole exam. That would be a little weird. Of course. Uh, mm-hmm. Or ketchup was originally sold as a medicine. Ketchup was originally sold as a medicine. Larry is old enough to remember. This. Yes, le- yes, absolutely. <laughs> ketchup was sold, I think, for like indigestion and. Uh, I was like there. A- yeah. Well, look, <laughs> being older has its benefits, right? So there you go. I yes, ketchup. There. Yes, ketchup was used as a medicine. All right, I got time for one more. Do we got time for one more? Yeah, go ahead. All right, uh, this one goes to Anthony, right? Yeah. Yes. Now, yeah, I, now I really have to show now, myself. Right now, yeah. he's really got to work. All right, here we go. The inventor of the Pringles can was actually buried in a Pringles can. (laughs) Number two, the Peter Piper procession is a yearly contest in Europe where participants compete to say Peter Piper, the the, the tongue twister, the fastest they can. Uh, Thomas Crapper did not invent the toilet. He invented parts of the toilet, but he did die on a toilet. And the fourth one, this might be a little risque, Napoleon was actually ashamed of his nipples and refused anyone to see them even during medical treatments. I love you want one, to recap? I love one in three so much. Okay. The inventor of the Pringles can was actually buried in a Pringles can. The, P- the Peter Piper procession is a yearly contest wherein participants in Europe say Peter Piper tongue twister the fastest they can. Thomas Crapper did not invent the toilet, but he did die on one. And Napoleon was ashamed of his nipples. And refuse to let anyone see them, even during medical treatments. I'm going with the Pringles can. Anthony is not allowed to play anymore. Yes, the Pringles can. Yes, the inventor of the Pringles can was buried in a Pringles can. So very good, Anthony. I think Anthony might be on TikTok every once in a while. So very good job, my friend. That is the best record. I do usually do it with Brian and Jacob, and it takes about a half hour to get through four questions because they get all every single one of them wrong. But much quicker round of what I learned on TikTok, Larry. So there you go. Guess I should be here more often. There you go. Well, no, we want you here less often. We want the segment to eat up more time. That's what it's about. <laughs> nice well, job, good job, Gordon. guys. Nice Fantastic. Job. Nice job. Nice job. Guys, you did well. Good sports. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.